Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you are a highly sensitive person or who I call a sensitive soul, we absolutely want to support you. I actually have a free guide called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, and you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com, all one word. And uh, that's a PDF that you can download with some tips on how to manage your sensitivity so it can really start to turn into your superpower. Now, today's show, we're going to be talking about energy work for sexual abuse, assault, and trauma. I know this is like big energy when we talk about even just listening to those words. And many of us, especially in you know North America, Europe, etc., uh, are very aware of the Me Too movement. Now, sometimes I don't get into the news too much, so I was a little clueless on this for for quite a while. And then realizing when people kept mentioning it over and over again, oh, you know that's what they're talking about. And I, I didn't, I didn't actually post Me Too until today. I was thinking about um, you know our guest today, which I will introduce in just a moment, and just thinking about you know my past and like. So many women, uh, and the stats are quite staggering, and you'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but so many women, especially, and some men, but definitely women have. Um, there's so many of us that have had some sort of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, um, trauma, and it's almost like crazy, like that in this day and age that it still happens. And in fact. One of the young people that I am friends with just revealed recently that she was sexually harassed at work, and um, I, I, you know, I, I have to say I'm normally very even keeled emotionally, but because she's my friend, I got really riled up. <laughs> I was like mad, you know, in that moment, going, "This, why is this still happening?" You know. Uh, and I realize that there's so much work in uh, self-empowerment that still needs to be done. And, you know, we did a little coaching training on this spot about, you know, saying no and how to do that and the energy to give and, and that kind of stuff. But there's so much healing in this space for all of us, not just women, but all of us. And I think it's super important for us to say, hey, how can we how can we heal this on a deeper level? So this energy work we're going to talk about today, super important stuff because this is so common. So today our special guest, is Lisa Erickson, and um, you know she is an expert in this area. In fact, let me share with you the title of her book in case you want to look that up um, on you know Amazon or Barnes and Noble. So it's uh, Chakra Empowerment for Women: Self-Guided Techniques for Healing Trauma, Owning Your Power, and Finding Overall Wellness. Ooh, so yeah, sounds great, right? <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. Now she is a um, a practitioner of the Breathe Network. Um, she also has done wow a lot of different other things. She also has a nonprofit dedicated to supporting holistic healing for sexual trauma survivors, which is super cool. She's also the creator uh, of the popular daily OM course, Awakening Your Feminine Chakras, and a writer at her long-standing blog, Mommy Mystic. And she's been helping women uh, of all different ages help to heal through that sexual trauma journey, that survivor journey, getting into those thriving uh, areas. So today we're going to touch on like what are the kind of the common ways that sexual trauma impacts our chakras, you know, those energy centers in our bodies. And then also, you know, for those of you new to the whole energy healing world, uh, energy work world, maybe you're like, what's a chakra? You know, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, um, how sexual trauma impacts your energy body um, and why it's important. And then um, the importance of trauma sensitivity, uh, what is that and why we would be paying attention to that. Um, and then we would love to take some live callers. So if you'd like to do a mini reading or, you know, um, uh, mini coaching healing, then you can call in live. The number is 818-514-1190. Just hit one so we know your hand is up. So 818-514-1190. And we'll be going through some, you know, questions first for Lisa. And then halfway, you know, through the show, we're going to start unmuting guests. And you can also uh, type your question in the chat um, so Lisa can kind of tune into you and then give some, you know, some suggestions, some healings um, and uh, advice. So without further ado, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Karen, and thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, I'm excited that you're here. Um, you know, this um, I, I did want to share that um, for me personally that when I was t you know thinking about you and what we're going to do today, I was thinking back to uh, you know when I decided that I wanted to go to med school, and there was a, mm. uh, a summer break between. Um, you know, one of my uh, second and third year classes, I think it was in, in biochemistry, but I had this desire now, you know, to go into the healing profession. So the, mm -hmm. the, the closest thing that I could find to a summer job related to medicine was, you're going to laugh, but packing medical supplies in boxes. <laughs> Mm, oh wow! Um, I, I wasn't very worldly back then, and, and learning how to find jobs like we do now on the internet and things like back then, you kind of had to do it by pen and yeah. paper. So I ended up at this this summer job, this company, um, where I packed. You know, I had a little bonnet on, and, and I had to pack literally medical surgical sponges into a box. That was my job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Didn't really use my brain, but as you can imagine, the people that worked there weren't you know highly educated or anything like that. But the boss. Mm -hmm who I still see his face today in my mind, he kind of looked like a fish <laughs> with big eyes. But he would come around and he would slap me on the, uh, he would slap me on the bottom or hug me yep. or, you know, touch me. I mean, mm -hmm. and I was, I, ugh, I just got the EBGBs back then. Yeah. And I didn't feel like it was my place to say stop or no. Like I felt like he should know better. And his right. wife even worked there, right? And uh, she didn't catch that. Um, but the other workers thought it was funny, right. and so I thought, okay, what's my problem? Like, why do not, why do I not feel it, that it's funny? Am I being too sensitive? You know, maybe this is okay. You know, everybody else seems to think it's okay, and so I would literally escape outside on my lunch break to get away, like just to hopefully like not run into him. And I would come to work scared every day, thinking, oh my God, he's right. going to be here, and he's going to touch me. Right. And and just to think about all the women that, and this is just sexual harassment, never not mention yep. the actual rape or other types of abuse. So you must hear this from women all the time, and uh, yeah, share with us like your story, like what? Why did you get into this in the first place? Well, you know, in your story, it's, I need to respond to your story first because I think it encapsulates so much of the experience and what happens, right? Mm -hmm. Like it created this feeling of anxiety, hypervigilance, right? And it's mm -hmm. this unwanted physical contact. It's also unwanted energetic contact. It's impacting you. Um, it brings up feelings of self-doubt, shame, uh, you know, self-blame, and you're kind of pushing down your feelings to adapt to the environment. It, all of these things are what every sexual harassment, sexual trauma survivor is dealing with, and a lot of it can become internalized, right? And I think really for me, working with women came first, and I do now work with both women and men, but I was, I was an energy worker, and I had sort of a health crisis after the birth of my first child that really caused me to look more into differences between men's and women's energy bodies and focus a lot on women's life transits. And as I started working more with women, and of course there are both men and women sexual trauma survivors, but as I started working more with women, it started feeling like every other woman was coming to me with some sort of abuse or assault in her history that really needed to be dealt with to deal with her physical and emotional issues, that it was all part of a package. And so that really led me down this path of kind of women's energetics on the one hand and then within that sexual trauma healing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really been very profound. And then now we have the Me Too movement, which I really view as, trying to get to the energetic roots and do this whole kind of energetic shifting underneath, right, amongst all right. of us, men and women. It's a healing for both men and women, right, uh, to heal and shift this dynamic and all of these, um, really the imbalance between, I would say, the divine masculine and the divine feminine is kind of how I would put it within each of us. Oh, yes, well said, well said. And, and what you said, too, about the shame. A bit earlier, yeah. and the guilt, and and I remember, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this a lot too in your work, is that uh, when I when I was in this uh, space, um, in working in this place, I stopped wearing makeup, mm. I stopped looking pretty, I started yes. wearing baggy clothes, so I didn't look mm -hmm. anything sexual, I didn't look mm -hmm. sexy, and I really 
I really crushed that part of me that wanted to look pretty and sexy because I thought if, if that if I did that I would be a target. Um, yep. It wasn't until gosh over the last ten or fifteen years where I really owned my feminine power and now I can wear whatever I want whenever I want and even if you know people men whatever feel feel I'm sexy I know that it's my space you know and yep. I'm in that place of power. Uh, of course I know kung fu too but anyway but <laughs> but I'm in that place of power that that energetics is like. This is my space. This is your space. If you come too close, I will let you know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people don't mess with me because it's yeah. energetic. I don't have to say no because energetically yeah. I'm that powerful. Yeah. So this is so important that the work that you do. Yeah. Well, and, and, and your story points to another thing that I see very commonly, which is it changed your relationship to your body. All of a sudden your body was yes. like this source of shame and you were trying to, like, hide it. And it's interesting because then what that does is in terms of our ability to work with a mind-body connection, it's kind of severed. We're disconnected from our body or we have shame uh, towards our body. And then any work we're trying to do, any healing work we're trying to do at the mind-body level, it kind of doesn't take because there's this kind of uh, break between our mind and our body that is the shame of our body, if that makes sense. It's a kind of disassociation from our body. And so that really has to be healed for any sort of mind-body modality to work, and, and that it almost has to be the first thing you work on um, is that relationship to body. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I know that a lot of your work deals with healing the chakras, and, and there may be some people listening in first time or some of the young people are like, okay, I'm not really sure what a chakra is and yeah. how, why is that important. So maybe we could talk a little bit foundationally about, you know, why it's so, you know, what are they and why is it so important for us to pay attention to them? Yeah. Well, so I really view the the chakras are part of our energy anatomy and our energy body is this interface between our physical body our emotions our mind and our spirit and you can kind of work from that energy body level you can use that as an entrance point to work on physical issues along with other physical modalities or to work spiritually and there are other energy body mappings the meridians is another one and that's used in chinese medicine which is the basis for acupuncture and acupressure and is used in other Chinese medicine modalities. So there's different mappings, and the chakras are really energy centers, and they are aligned along the spine in the middle of the body. The one, the mapping of these energy centers that's the most popular in the West is a seven-chakra mapping that kind of extends from the base of our body all the way to our crown. In fact, there are different mappings of those chakras from around the world. I sort of stick with the seven-chakra one because that's what the most, is the most common but what a lot of people aren't aware of is that there's kind of differences in those mappings between men and women in some of the older traditions, and I can get into that more later. But in general, we use a physical focal point in the body as a way of connecting to this particular energy center, and each energy center is mapped to different organs and glands in our physical body in terms of our physical health, and then certain psychological functions and emotions in terms of our emotional health and so depending on what you're working in you may be working with one particular chakra trying to strengthen it trying to clear obstructions or limitations to it so you can express that energy more clearly trying to improve the flow between chakras the balance between them there's a lot of different ways that you might work you might work meditatively where you're focusing on a chakra and you're visualizing light there or or feeling it you might work more physically where your um, yoga postures, in fact, are, were, are designed to strengthen the flow and open certain chakras. So you could be working physically. So there's a lot of different ways to work with them because they are this intersection between the physical and the mental. And for some people, they're very powerful. I, I really believe that people connect with different modalities so I like the chakras as a modality, and for some people they really resonate. For other people they don't, and that's perfectly fine. But for those that they do, I think it's it's a really powerful tool. Yeah, that is so interesting. I really got into um, you know, learning about the chakras when I was doing a um, what my uh, first spiritual healer was helping me through my chronic fatigue syndrome, my fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. and learning about mm-hmm. what each of the chakras did. And I realized that there was so much energy stoppage and a deficiency, mm-hmm. really, in my case, 
and the lower yeah. the chakra. <laughs> yep. Um, and 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 definitely the you know the uh, reproductive area uh, was definitely mm-hmm. a challenge. And then you may mention this later as well, but um, I realized through my mother's line that there was a lot of betrayal, like just like female, male, you know, betrayal and, and yep. um, some of my ancestors. And so there was sexual trauma in the in the form of betrayal and various different things that I probably don't even know about that is, was passed down to me. Yep. And I was like, wow, i got to heal that too. So exactly. Stuff. Well, and that's the thing at that energy level, like we're all part of this matrix and we know that we're all connected to each other in some way. But really at that energy level, you're really connected so you are healing things that are based on your own history, but to some extent you're impacted energetically by cultural things, by cultural repressions or ancestral history and things like that. And you need to heal and release any of that that's gotten lodged in your subtle body as well. Um, and, yeah, the lower three chakras, that's it. That's my jam. I'm so focused on the lower three <laughs> chakras because of trauma, you know, and the things you name, chronic fatigue and adrenal issues, yep. these are so common among sexual trauma survivors, so, so common um, because they are really linked a lot of the times to energetic issues in the lower three chakras. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, and I just wanted to remind folks that if you would like a mini reading and some you know, a suggestions and healing from Lisa, you can call in 818-514-1190 and hit one so you know your hands up on the live call, so 818-514-1190. And I am going to be asking Lisa a few more questions, uh, and then we're going to go to the phones in about 15 minutes. So, uh, Lisa, um, what damage or changes uh, to our sexual chakras or those lower three chakras happen when we end up with with some sort of trauma in our lives, like an event or events that happen in our lives. Yeah. I think the most common thing is a kind of disconnection from the lower chakras, and that can play out in a number of different ways. What I really see in childhood abuse survivors, very often they developed some survival mechanism for getting through abusive episodes, and that involved what therapists often call disassociating, right, which within the, within the psycholo- psychological world, it manifests in certain, you know, tools kind of leaving your body during an abusive episode in order to survive it. It's really a survival mechanism, right? But then what can happen is there's a disconnection from being fully in your body, and someone may be really living mostly up in their upper chakras, and they're not grounded in those lower chakras, which are really linked to our physical health, being able to be in our physical body, being able to really act effectively in the world, uh, make money, uh, have sexual relationships, all those kinds of things. And the upper chakras are very, if you're always up in your upper chakras, it can lead to kind of um, spaciness to some extent, difficulty connecting with people, things like that. And then on the physical level, there's also physical things that can happen. So that's one of the main things that I see is people are very up in their upper chakras and we really need to get comfortable working with the lower chakras and creating this anchor in the lower chakras and this anchor into the lower body and connecting to the body in that way. And then another big, you know, there's different kind of patterns. The other big one is what I call like the island person. This is someone who says, I'm never going to be vulnerable again and they become very navel chakra focused. And to the external world, they may present as like no one would ever guess that they have a traumatic background because they're very invested in hiding it and never being vulnerable again. And they're very locked in their navel chakra, often very successful, often very successful. The problem is it's not energetically or psychologically built on a solid foundation. It's all kind of self-powered. It's like willing your way through life. It's very yeah. exhausting, and at a certain point, the person just kind of collapses. They can't keep it together anymore. And all of this stuff that has been buried for so long needs to be dealt with, and energetically they need to rewire themselves in a way to receive energy in. You know, the chakra system is meant to have energy flowing down and up and in, and, you know, we receive from the earth, we receive from uh, the spiritual dimensions, um, and they have to kind of allow themselves to receive energy instead of being totally self-fueling. So those are kind of two main, different, totally different patterns that I see. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you find that, both? and then we'll go from there. One person? Uh-huh. You can. 
You can. I'm, I, an example would be someone who's highly like intellectual and successful in a very intellectual field. So they're in their mind all the time. They're very mental, and in that sense, they're very upper chakra and also very self-driven, very in the navel chakra. The navel chakra actually is linked to the mental body. So they're just very navel chakra, very, very smart, intellectual, successful, but disconnected emotionally, disconnected physically, and n don't really connect with others because really they have created walls, right, a kind of wall around them energetically. Ah, I see. I yeah, see. so you well, could I have both. I, I was more like the former, um, mm -hmm. you know, all that energy in that first chakra. So my understanding is that um, – uh, you know, at least my spiritual teacher was sharing with me, my first spiritual teacher, that it's really difficult to manifest a different reality if That's you're not right. grounded. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we can dream all we want about a new life and all this kind of stuff, but if we're not able to connect those lower yeah. chakras to the ground, then it's like, hmm, it's, it's just not going to be quote-unquote enough. Well, and that's what I run into a lot. I mean, since I do chakra work, a lot of the people that come to me are very spiritually oriented. They'll be like, I did everything I was supposed to do to manifest this thing. And, you know, I did uh, affirmations and I had this board and I was really trying to feel how it would be to have it all the time and be it. And it never takes, it never takes. And, and that's usually there's something unresolved that has kept all of the vib vibratory shifts are just at that dreaming level. They're all in the upper chakras, third eye, maybe even heart, but they're, yeah, they're not getting down into the lower chakras. And it's interesting because in, in chakra teachings, traditionally chakra meditation for spiritual awakening is about bringing the energy up from the root to the crown. But the manifesting path is from the crown down to the root. That's birthing, right? Yes. You receive the idea, Fine. you have it in your third eye. You have to bring it all the way down through all the chakra functions. You have to be able to communicate it through your throat, relate to people through it in your heart, plan it and execute in your navel, and then it's your sacral and your root to birth it is really being able to bring it into the physical world, get through obstacles, all of that. And if there's no comfort with kind of that, the energies and psychological functions of the lower chakra, there's a tendency to just jump from idea to idea rather than sticking it out, the one that you've seen. Mm, interesting. No, I see that a lot too. People. <laughs> yeah. It's like one minute they're this and another. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, but you hadn't finished the first thing, which is a really great idea, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then they go, well, I'm not successful. I'm like, well, you know, you kind of need to be more consistent. Uh, yeah. You know, and not go, this is better. No, no, I don't want to do that. It doesn't resonate. And you probably heard this too, right? Oh, it's not resonating with me anymore. I'm going right. to follow the flow. I'm going to follow the flow and, exactly. and see where it leads me. And but then and then it's like five, ten years later, they're still floating around with no place to yeah. live, or oh, and it just pains me, especially in some of my friends. Yep. I mean, they don't ask me for help, but <laughs> but some of my friends yeah. are just like floating around and not grounded, and they have this yeah. idea, that idea. It's really great. And one minute they're certifying, no, they didn't, they didn't finish that certification, so now they're going to make jewelry. Well, no, they're not going to do that anymore. And it's like this is it. Oh. This is a classic pattern. Yeah, this is a classic pattern. Yeah, and very often, what we, at the chakra level, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to work, but at the chakra level, really working on what's going on with all of the functions of the lower chakras, especially the root and the sacral, really someone's relationship to their body, really um, their emotional, what fears, what what feelings, the insecurities, feelings of unworthiness are really so often rooted in that uh, blocking the second chakra in particular. Mm. And really working with any sort of feelings of unworthiness that are hiding out there. Because it's very safe to jump from idea to idea, right? No one's ever going to, like, kind of um, come after you then, <laughs> right? Um, right. You're not accountable to anyone and yeah. yourself if you keep saying, well, it's not really resonating with this, so now I'm going to go in this direction. Because you're yeah. always starting so and finishing. You yeah, so if you really feel insecure or feelings of unworthiness are kind of hiding out and having been dealt with, that is one self-protective mechanism to make sure that you, you know, don't ever have to face those things. It's just keep jumping around. Um, wow. Yeah, so that that's uh, that's a pattern I see a lot as well. Oh, amazing. Well, we uh, we have some folks on the phone, and before we do that, um, we did mention earlier something. I wasn't familiar with this term. Um, you mentioned something about 
or we mentioned something about trauma sensitivity. Mm-hmm. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, trauma-informed, trauma sensitivity. The Breathe Network that you mentioned at the beginning uh, is a nonprofit that is dedicated to connecting holistic healers with sexual trauma survivors, or sexual trauma survivors with holistic healers, I should say. And they do a lot of training in trauma sensitivity um, and being a trauma-informed practitioner. And it's really just about knowing how to work with someone through whatever modality you work with in a way that is not triggering, right? Because we make a lot of assumptions about... For example, if you work in a physical modality, even like you teach a yoga class or meditation class, we make a lot of assumptions about what's relaxing for people, like dim lighting and incense and all of this stuff, which could in fact be triggering, right? So it's really about being in dialogue and offering choices and uh, informing someone what you would like to do if you're about to take them through a process and how it unfolds and letting them know that we can always stop the process, all of these sorts of things because uh, for a trauma survivor of any type of trauma, not just sexual trauma, uh, to, to be dealing with someone who kind of presents himself just as, I'm the authority and I'm going to take you through this process that's going to heal you, can in fact be very tra- tra- uh, triggering and traumati- re-traumatizing, right, <sighs> to be in that dynamic. Oh, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. That's so true. That reminds so changing me, like, that I, dynamic. I can think of several several things that in the past where, where uh, like I remember one hypnosis uh, training that I did and we had to get mm-hmm. into partners and I had this older male guy as my partner who I did mm-hmm. not know, right? And so he's, mm-hmm. I've got my eyes closed, he's sitting really close to me and he's walking me mm-hmm. through, you know, this hypnosis where he's like, I'm walking beside you, you know, and I'm like, I don't want you to walk beside me, I don't know you, you know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I, I could not relax, right? And then another instance yeah. where I was at an event and they were doing heart rate variability and I was lying on this table and there's, of course, there's like crowds around it, but there's, you know, like what I would consider a, a safe space. So I've got my eyes closed. I've got this heart rate variability monitor on. My heart rate variability is going great, you know, and then someone bumps the table. Yep. And I immediately go into stress mode. And, and the teacher looking at the reading goes, wow, you were doing great until this moment. And I'm like, I know exactly when that moment was. Because someone bumped yep. the table, and then I heard a male, a male voice. And I yep. opened my eyes, right? Like, hello, yep. uh, I'm trying yep. to relax here. You know, yep. like, so that sensitivity, I think it's super important. And then, and then in, like you said, like in yoga, for example, like, hi, let's all do hero pose. And let's, let's open right. our, you know, yonis up to the universe, you know, and that's right. That's right. And so what happens is people, people like, like the, you know, so. they may, yeah, a trauma survivor then may never return or get the benefit of a modality exactly. that could truly help them because they, they don't feel comfortable bringing these things up with the teacher or the healer or the instructor, so they just never come back, right? So it's really yeah. about learning to work in a way that allows space for people to make choices and speak up and really feel like this is driven by them as opposed to the expert, right? I'm putting that in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's really what really meant, really meant by it. Yeah. Yeah, and isn't it interesting yeah, that you, you had those experiences? And just imagine how much, how much uh, more dramatic the triggering might be for someone who was a child sexual abuse survivor, right? It's like... Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah. 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 So it's really important oh. work. Well, the cool thing is, of course, having been on the other end, in a, even in a you know mm-hmm. less traumatic way than so many other women, I can be that much more sensitive to what they might right. be feeling. You know yeah. how close you're aware of it already. What's a safe distance, and you know, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the the, the bonus part, I guess, of of having uh, been through it. Um, now, there's a couple of different ways I wanted to share with folks before we go to the phones next on how people can reach you. I know you do some group work and some individualized uh, work as well. Um, so I've got uh, chakraempowermentforwomen.com, all one word. So chakra is spelled. C-H-A-K-R-A, and then empowermentforwomen.com. And also you can check out enlightenedenergetics.com. So chakraempowermentforwomen.com and enlightenedenergetics.com. And then, Lisa, later on we'll talk about, you know, what uh, what kinds of things that you do with people. But if you're okay with this, we can uh, – we have several people with their hands up, so I'm excited. That's great. No, let's go for it. <laughs> Awesome. Great. Okay, so I'm going to unmute uh, each person 
individually. So uh, we'll start with the area code. So if that's your area code, I'm going to unmute you. So 540, we're going to unmute you now and say hi and give us your first name. Hi, Dr. Karen. This is Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Hi. I've been on before, and you're talking my story here, Lisa. Mm. I appreciate it. Um, I do have a high ACEs score. Are you familiar mm. with that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'm no spring chicken. I'm 71 years old, um, and I'm still dealing with these issues. I've been told by numerous energetic people, intuitives, people like that, that I was abused, and I know I was in childhood. I remember some of that, but basically that I am dissociated. Mm. So I continue to try different modalities. Um, The latest was a friend who is an interdenominational minister at my church, and he's a psychotherapist too. He wanted to do Reiki with shamanism involved because he thinks that talking is not going to get past my ACEs issues, which, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But what you just mentioned about someone thinking that they've got the way um, because it occurred to me that, no, this doesn't feel right. I mean, we only did one session. He's great at Reiki, but... The rest of it, I just didn't know that that was going to help. So I've backed away. So another part of what you said that fits is trying so many things and, you know, not finishing anything. You just move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, yeah, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust if you don't feel comfortable, then that's not the right modality, at least for now, right? Because the number one thing that we want you to feel is safe in your body. The Really what disassociation is is a sense of not feeling completely safe in your body, so developing ways to either just really be so hyperactive in your mind or uh, thinking about other things or even escaping to other worlds in some way that you're not fully present, right? So what we want to help you find is something that more than anything helps you feel completely safe in your body. And I don't know if you've tried any physical modalities like yoga or very gentle or anything like that. Um, uh, I actually taught yoga for a while. I've been doing it for many, many years. I'm not certified or anything, but I'm a devoted yeah. yoga person. And I'm also, what also fits is I've got these deep, dark, thoughts and depression, especially seasonal affective is going on right now, yeah. but I look okay to everybody else. You know, I, They yeah. would never, ever know that there's anything wrong. Yeah, so you've developed that survivor mentality of sort of powering through. Yeah. I mean, I think I would really love for you to experiment with the chakras if you haven't already done that and experiment with really visualizing in your lower chakras, at your tailbone and in your pelvis, Uh, light, especially as you're doing yoga and doing some of the yoga stances like warrior pose and things like that that require a very strong base and really try to breathe down into your tailbone and your belly. And this is, I don't want to just spend the whole time plugging my book, but this is some of the stuff that is in my book is some of these exercises that you can do on your own. And then if they really resonate for you, you could seek out a chakra healer to specifically work with you on that. But I'm sensing, especially because you have done yoga, that really working with those lower chakras, and I'm just going to try to help you do that right now. If you want, just really visualize light down between your hip bones, a beautiful amber-colored light just filling your pelvic bowl for a moment. And I'll see if I can just help with a little bit of distance healing to bring you comfortably down into your body. And, you know, Lynn, what I will say I do resonate with from what your um, preacher had said about talk. You know, talk can be very, very helpful, but when it comes to disassociation, it is most helpful to find some sort of modality that really makes you feel in your body in a non-thinking way. So adding something to your yoga, yoga is a great modality, but adding something to that meditations or chakra meditations so that really help you feel present as opposed to like you're escaping your body. Um, And I think there is light. There is light at the end of the tunnel. You've been making progress, I feel, 
and it's just you're, you're going to keep going would kind of be my sense. What do you feel, Dr. Karen? You know, I think that's uh, exactly I exactly the same thing. I think, Lynn, despite what you maybe judge as how old you are and you're still going through all this, you know what, there is no, there is no you know, age limit. It doesn't matter how young or old. I think it's amazing that you are, you're here, first of all. You're yeah. willing to shift and change, and that helps all of us, every single woman on the planet. Whatever you do positively affects us. So I want to thank you, you know, for for being here and being courageous and sharing and exactly what, you know, Lisa said about you already have so many things um, that you know how to do. And it's just a matter of just integrating uh, a couple of these things and being embodied. Yeah. And I, of course, I like to plug my stoa, my stillness through observing internal movement. (laughs) My yeah. meditation because I I'm I'm a very busy person so I do that on the fly I don't really sit there very well so so it's like yeah. really feeling the energy flowing in the body so maybe Lynn you can share with us how your body feels right now. Um well that's what, what my, I have a trauma therapist who's done some EMDR on me and she's an Al-Anon friend also but when she asked me how I feel in my body it's like I don't know. I don't feel mm. anything. I know that mm. I'm super sensitive. I am a sensitive soul that chose to come into this wacky family. Um, uh-huh. So I actually feel a little nauseated, but that's probably because I did a coffee enema this morning. I've got mold issues too, lots of physical, lots of physical mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that this has made me nauseous. I haven't found many good um uh, Chakra people, I mean, nobody even seems to check my chakras anymore. It's hard to, um, actually, this guy did in a in a way that I was not aware of. So my sense of it lately has been my chakras are really out of whack. And I know about the second and third. I've been told that so many times, and I absolutely believe that's true. I am not grounded yeah. Um, yeah. in the trauma. I've been told the trauma is in my second chakra, but uh, nobody knows or has been able to tell me so far, you know. Um, I don't want to know. I, this, at this stage, I don't need the details. I just want to get it out of my body. Yeah. 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 So I think working, uh, another thing with the second chakra that's really uh, beautiful is just kind of swaying back and forth and visualizing that light in the second chakra. It's a very fluid chakra so really visualizing light filling your pelvis and just swaying back and forth and doing that even a minute or two a day can really have profound effects uh and help you get lower and lower and and clearing your body i mean often nausea is a sign that something is clearing so i don't know for certain that that's what is happening but it means you're in your body because you're aware of the nausea right where otherwise the tendency can be to just avoid it yeah yeah Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to Thank be in our body to heal it. So that's Thank right. you so much, Lynn. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Bye, Lynn. Okay, so I'm going to mute Lynn here, and uh, we're going to unmute the next person in the list. Let me hang on and find. Okay, so, area code 714. Hi, who's this? Tell Hello. us your first name. Hello. Hi, my name is Kim. Hi, Dr. Karen. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi. Well, I have had um, sexual abuse more than 35 years ago, and I have not really had any kind of work to deal with this trauma. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I can get some assistance. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing, Kim. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want you, obviously, to have to share more than you want to share. But how has it? How do you feel it's manifested in your life? How has it impacted you? And that can help us maybe to work with you more specifically. I have not had any uh, sexual drive, um, mm-hmm. and also. I have a urine fibroid, but I'm I'm healing that myself through a change of diet <clears throat> um, and juicing. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
but it's the sexual drive that has completely vanished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah exactly. No yeah. Yeah. Do you go ahead, Karen? Do you have to? Oh no, I was just gonna, I was just empathizing. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. I, totally I know. Relate. And this is. No. Yeah, it doesn't feel safe, right? It just doesn't feel safe to tap yes. into those energies. Yeah, and there's a lot of components to this. The second chakra, which is this energy chakra, the focal point is for women really down in our womb space between our hip bones, and it's linked to our ovaries and our sexual drive. But it's also linked to other things, creativity, sensuality, meaning just feeling uh, sensual things, eating sensual pleasure, tastes, sights, smells that we find pleasurable in a non-sexual way. And what I often recommend for people to begin gently opening up their second chakra energies is to focus on the non-sexual stuff, especially sensuality. So think about your five senses and every day try to indulge in a few sensual experiences that are pleasurable for you but not yet sexual. So eating a delicious food really, really slowly and really tasting it with mindfulness. Uh, It could be Mm -hmm. really soft fabrics like a fluffy blanket and just rubbing it against your skin or a warm Mm -hmm. bath. Beautiful scents like flowers or perfumes or, or oil, essential oils or scents that you like. And every day uh, really make it almost like a, a mindfulness exercise where you're just trying to just really try to experience the pleasure of sensuality, of experiencing senses through your body. And that actually, each time you do that, it actually begins to waken up your second chakra more and more. And then if you like, you can bring in some of the things I was talking to Lynn about, visualizing light down in your womb space, swaying back and forth, even dancing around. (laughs) And all of that helps to loosen up those energies, and eventually often uh, sexual energies will start to resurface. Now, Uh in combination with that, Yes, you know, the underlying trauma, um, most likely you may need some support in helping to heal from that, which doesn't mean having to relive it, but some sort of modality to really help you heal with that in addition to connecting with your senses. And the two together will help you get your sexual energy reflowing again. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say movement, do you recommend more of yoga? I even heard belly dancing or the form of dance that would help yeah. the lower hip. I love belly dancing for yes. Yeah. Yeah, if you're comfortable I love belly with it. dancing too. <laughs> yes. I love it. It it is basically like the second chakra lighting up, you know. So it's really yep. about what is near you and what you feel comfortable with. Like some sexual trauma survivors could never walk into a belly dancing class right off the bat. Maybe a little bit later on they can. But if you're comfortable with that, that would be great. But I even recommend it to the start out, dancing around your living room to your favorite song or your bedroom with the door shut, <laughs> you know, if that's yeah. comfortable. You know, just dance around and feel free in your body. And that will get that second chakra juices um, going a little bit, and then you'll be guided to what's next for you. Yeah, that makes sense because I don't find myself being creative at all. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to be creative. Yeah. Well, so that's another doorway is finding a modality, you know, finger painting even, whatever it is, where there's this sense of creative flow gets opened up in you. So both the creative path and the sensual path will be doorways into reawakening your sexual energy. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, that sounds really fantastic. Thank you, Ken. Good luck to you. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you, Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, you, Dr. Karen. Take care. My pleasure. You too. Okay, so I'm going to meet you. Um, and I know for me, I think one of the sensual pleasures I really love is a uh, a warm bath with candles yeah. and essential oils and music playing and, you know, just, just – and it's flowy, right? It's feminine, yeah. water's feminine flowy, and it's safe because I'm just there alone and um, – yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. like a womb it space, fun. right? It's like creating yes, that yes, floating exactly. womb space of safety. <laughs> yeah, and letting exactly. yourself sit in it. Yeah, 
Exactly. But I have a very healing. Funny, uh, the, a funny story about that, uh, you know, um, there was a there was a a man who uh, had a the space next door where he had a sensory deprivation tank, you know, like a oh, room wow. really, yeah. Um, and it was it was and he had spent you know, all this money, you know, all the you know just just renovating the place. It was a great idea. I, I did I did um, tell him that the name of the place should have been something different, but because <laughs> nobody knew what it was. Just, looking at the, the titles. But anyway, so yeah. I go in there the first time and of course I want to support him, right? He's, you know, a healer person and so I'm yeah. in there and you know, you're uh, like I'm naked, okay? In this room uh-huh. uh with the door locked and the whole bed and I'm in this, you know, floating in this, you know, magnesium salt thing and I'm floating. And then but there's speakers in the room. So then oh. he's talking through like how to relax all the stuff through uh-huh. the speakers and and I could see feel my body feeling a little tense because it's a man's yeah. voice I'm naked I don't really know him that yeah. well, you know yeah <laughs> and it's not like he's in the room he's in another room completely but the music when the music was on I was fine completely yeah. like relaxed and kind of in my zone but the minute he started talking I yep. was out of it yeah and that we talked about that trauma sensitivity right like he would he's exactly a guy. Like, he just never would have thought that that might yeah. have been triggering and i don't yeah. even, i wasn't even sexually abused like you know abused yeah. per se you know yeah it's just about touch. the sense yes, of but, not being safe yeah well yeah. and you know and i have yeah. two daughters i have a son too but it's like i'm already talking to them about you know safe spaces and don't walk go to don't go to the bathroom alone when you're out with your friends in the movies and things like this so even if you don't have an explicit experience like you had we have this anxiety that most boys and men are not growing up with. I mean, some are, but we have this underlying sense of like, oh, I might not be safe in the world, right? Um, So I think that plays a role in it too. And your story really, again, highlights, we make these assumptions about what's relaxing and you just can't assume you don't know what is relaxing for someone else. You really have to be a dialogue. Right, and I I felt yeah. too embarrassed at the time to let him know, and yeah. I feel bad about that now. I mean, it's yeah. years and years and years and years have passed, but yeah, but I just didn't feel uh, that he yeah. would understand, oh, yeah. and yeah. I didn't even give him a chance. You know, I didn't yeah. even give him a chance yeah. to understand. And what it could I mean, have been instead is like, it, but I, yeah, a choice of soundtracks, right? Like, oh, okay, there's three different soundtracks on here. One is my voice talking, one is a woman's voice talking, right. one is music, another is silence, and you pick, right? Like that could have been a way to make it trauma sensitive. Um, and you pick which right. one you want to play while you're in there or something like that, you know? Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. so I yeah, yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just sharing for other now, people out but, there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So here, let me unmute another caller. So area code 706. Hi there. Who's this? Hi. This is Marie. Hey, Marie. Hi, Marie. Um, I am really resonating with this, and um, I experienced some, um, you know, sexual trauma when I was younger by my grandfather, mm-hmm. and um told my I guess it was my stepmom at the time and my dad and her had just had a little girl and the family had decided to not say anything so they kept Mm -hmm. it secret and then she ended up not liking how it was handled and ran away for seven years Mm. so I never I, I mean I never got closure from it and I'm sure it's still lingering and I was just wondering um it, you know, it's causing intimacy issues with me and my husband, and I, of mm-hmm. course, want to figure out how to get normal again. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just was wondering if you had any advice for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think thank you for sharing, Marie. And um, I you. think your, yeah, your story highlights another thing I haven't talked much about yet was, you know, the patterns of secrecy around this and how that – creates these internal feelings of shame, but also often blocks in our throat chakra or in our ability to communicate from our heart because it feels as if that's dangerous, right? Or, uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, and so then that often uh, leads to intimacy issues as well. Um, you know, I think with couples, 
it's often helpful to work together uh, with someone. There are uh, therapists and things that work directly with sex therapists. Or, but for yourself, if you feel as if it's mostly emotional or, or, or physical, if you feel comfortable sharing that, do you feel like it's mostly emotional or physical obstructions to intimacy? Well, it's both, really. Like, it's it's tough for me to, like, even accept compliments from him or yeah. give him compliments and even look him in the eye. And then, of course, it's during, you know, intimate times of physical, you know, it's it's tough for me to even look at him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's both. Yeah. So I think there's layers of work here, but one of the first things is being able to receive. Like when you mentioned difficulty even receiving a compliment being able to receive. And one simple practice you can do for that is literally just to sit or move around if that's more comfortable because to Dr. Karen's point, for some people, moving moving meditation is more comfortable than physical. And just imagine light is pouring into you from every direction. And if you're comfortable, I'd love for you to do that right now and just see how it feels. Imagine light is pouring into your heart space. And it's really just like the universe, God, source, whatever you believe in, is just pouring light into your heart from every direction. The front, the back, the sides. And that you're just trying to relax into allowing yourself to receive it. And that it is safe to receive it. And often you just do that for a moment and I'll speak for a moment while I kind of try to help with that energetic shift. But Really what causes us to block that often is this feeling of either unworthiness or that there's going to be strings attached, right, to receiving. Mm -hmm. So really uh, trying to let go of any narratives or patterns in there that I don't deserve to receive, that's not true, that compliment's not true, for example, or um, I don't want any obligation that's associated with receiving and just allowing yourself to receive sort of unconditionally this light, imagining light coming in, it's just completely unconditional, no strings, <laughs> no people involved, and allow that to come into your body. And then what I often suggest with couples, and again, you know, there are couples therapists out there that specialize in this, and that can be very helpful, but on your own is, um, is really practice specifically saying we are not going to have sex, we're not going to have intercourse, but we are just going to share some sensual or intimate experience tonight. We are going to trade back rubs, that's it. Or we are going to feed each other food and that's it. Like you just, you lay out the groundwork of what you know you're comfortable with that you feel you could actually relax into and feel pleasure as you're doing. And then because you've created this boundary of that's it, there's no pressure associated with it. And see if you can create an environment where you, the two of you are allowed to experience pleasure and um, relaxation, those energies, pleasure and relaxation without the pressure of anything else happening. And you draw the boundaries of that, what that is. Maybe it's having a mug of hot chocolate with each other. I mean, whatever it is. Anything I like the that, idea. Yeah, you know, and that's it. And, um, and you give yourself permission to do that for a few months, that it's just, this is the way it's going to be, but, you know, we're just going to keep trying to just create these environments where we both feel pleasure and relaxation and safety, and that's it. And then you can continue to work on, however you like, any underlying feelings of unworthiness or shame and really letting those go and allowing yourself to receive to receive goodness. And the two things together will, will help. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm, that's a yeah, great thank you, Marie, suggestion. for sharing. Thank you, Marie. You're welcome. Okay, Thanks. I'm going to just <laughs> mute you here. Um, you know, that that's really – I love this suggestion that you gave – because uh, so many of us women, as I tune in, um, we feel like there's an obligation for us to, you know, to basically have sex because yeah. we're in a marriage. You know, that was part. It's like yeah. it was. It was like almost like written in the agreement. You know, if you yeah. get married or you're lovers or whatever, then you must have sex. And if your guy does not have sex on a regular basis, then this is a problem, and you need yeah. to fix it. 
you know, yeah. and uh, so so many women are just at the receiving end and either have, you know, pain or they dissociate or whatever. They don't feel their partner will be able to tolerate it. And I know even my one of my first partners was like, well, you know, I'm I'm getting all riled up, so you have to finish this. Right. You know, it was and that points to all these cultural narratives. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I have an I mean, we're pretty messed up about sex. So That's I can't the bottom hug line. you anymore because yeah. <laughs> I can't hug you anymore because I get an erection. And yeah. then, you know, we're not having sex. So this is when I was younger, of course. So and yeah. so I felt really guilty that, okay, yeah. he couldn't, like, resolve his erection because I didn't want to yeah. have sex. I wasn't ready. Yeah. And it was my fault. Yeah. Well, and of course, he, he can't resolve his erection. made it feel like erection, it was my fault, so, too. But, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I bought yeah, it you felt that yeah i bought it and that's like, that that's part like of Andy all that conditioning yes yeah. yeah yeah and it's, and we're it's, just uh, so messed up about it, sex that we can't have honest conversations about it and this is the big hurdle right so really just trying to focus on pleasure and relaxation with each other instead uh to try to that's that's the foundation for a positive sex life yeah I, I've I've met several men in my life who some are yogis and teachers and speakers and you know and some some that specialize actually and uh, I went to a like a sexual uh, art training with with a teacher yeah. and uh, you know met a couple men there and it was really interesting because it seemed like they were like a different species <laughs> like yeah. like they're like this one in particular was like he didn't and we went out for a while like we dated for a while and he was like totally different in that way he didn't have to come so to speak you know what i mean yeah he could come i could go you know it was this pleasure right. and and uh and obviously a tra- literally trained trained in, in that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> trained in it right uh and it was like wow this is so different like i've never met a lot of other men that have that kind of you know, have done all these, you know, workshops and trainings and books and, you know, all this stuff and then and then practices in a way. So I didn't feel like it was my obligation to do anything. It was it was pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. And how much freedom that gave you, right? And how probably relaxed yeah. that allowed you to feel. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why this work yeah, really sexual, is as much about sensual. men. Yeah. It's about men too. I mean men have been conditioned into these very rigid uh, ideas about sex uh, that don't serve them either, right, really. So it's really about all of us re-relating to our second chakra. And it liberates all of us <laughs> to really have deeper connections. Wow, yeah, the, amazing, amazing. So let's take a, a moment to just talk a little bit about, so what what kind of work do you do right now in groups, one-on-one? What does that look like? Um, and then share maybe how somebody could work with you in the future. Yeah. Well, because this book just came out, I'm doing a web seminar starting in January that will be seven sessions to dive more deeply into it. So that is one thing that I'm doing. And uh, I have done a lot of web seminars over the years. Twice a year I've run uh, energy work for sexual trauma survivors. This year I'm folding that into this book web seminar since that's one topic of the book. And then I work one-on-one, mostly by phone and Zoom, doing guided energy work, not just sexual trauma survivors and not just women, also uh, a lot of women's energetics, life phase work, and anyone really who wants to try to work energetically on goals and uh, that kind of thing, working with shifting their vibration to to match what they're trying to accomplish in their life. So, yeah, information on all of that is on the two sites you already mentioned, the Chakra Empowerment for Women and Enlightened Energetics. Okay, fantastic. And um, I I think we have one more caller here. Uh, She had her hand up, but then now it's down, so I'm not sure if you answered her question, but I'm just going to unmute her just to make sure I didn't miss her here. So area code 269. Did you still have a question or comment or anything for Lisa? Area code 269, did you want to share anything? Oh, maybe not. Okay. Dropped off. So I'll I'll mute you I did have one other (laughs) thought I could share if we have time. I don't know if we have time or not. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, you know what I didn't haven't talked much about was kind of women's life phases, which is another area that's very important to me. And Lynn got me thinking about it because she said she was no spring chicken. I don't I don't remember if she shared her age or not. But um, I, another thing that I think is is really important for women is knowing that on an energy body level, their energy body shifts with their reproductive phases and life cycles, just like our physical body does. So there's an energy menstruation cycle, for example. Your energy body, your ability to boundary your energy, you're kind of more open uh, and absorbent during uh, menstruation, and your your energy body is more emanating at ovulation. And learning to work with that energy cycle can actually be very powerful in your life. And pregnancy, uh, postpartum, there's energetic shifts, and then perimenopause and menopause. So what I wanted to say to Lynn is that menopause really in traditional ancient texts, like this is the most powerful energetic time for women post-menopause. We're no longer tied to that monthly cycle, and there's really this sense that you can bring forth your energy at the energy body level in an even more powerful way. But the key to doing that is keeping that energy embodied, really feeling your chakras or your energy body, however you feel it, in your body not disassociating. So there is tremendous power um, for transformation as we get older. And in our culture, I think we don't view aging that way. And so we really just focus on kind of the disintegration of the body as opposed to the building. Yeah, you know, that's how we view aging. And really, if you look at the ancient spiritual texts, it's also as the body is going through its disintegration phase, our energy body is can get more powerful. It's like it be, we become even more um, connected to our energy and spiritual body. So there should be this sense that there's even more possibility for positive change as opposed to less possibility. So I just wanted to drop that in there for Lynn if she's still still listening. Yes, yes, she is. And, and yes, yeah, thank you for that. That's so interesting. And it's, it's interesting, too, because that's my personal experience, but I didn't realize the ancient texts actually yeah. Say that because my my understanding was that you know the health and balance of your chakras is reflected in your physical body. So if we're if we're aging and our physical bodies are you know getting older per se, um, that that means the chakras don't have as much energy or potentially. Um, but you're kind of almost saying the opposite in a way, like it, it changes yes. it more. So that, okay. Yes. Wow. I mean, the body That's has its own trajectory and it is transient. <laughs> right? So it eventually right. does uh, go. Uh, so you can work at the chakra level, certain diseases and stuff. Yes, that it can be a sign of a chakra block. But just the natural aging process? No. No, you're actually, your energy body and your spiritual power becomes even more pronounced, uh, regardless of what's going on with your body as it ages. Wow. Oh, well, that is good news. <laughs> so it's all good, Dr. Karen. Yes, it's all good things to come. Yeah, so I, I'm like, okay, now that I'm postmenopausal and just so gung-ho and passionate about yes. creating, there's so I have so much creative fire, it's crazy. Um, That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm sure my, my, my significant other would love it to transfer more into the sexual realm. <laughs> Yeah. And, well, there uh, you go. Uh, but I, I, yeah. I, and I'm birthing so much professionally, you know. I think there's yeah. maybe some phasing with that. I just find that sometimes I, um, it's like my focus is on this, yeah. you know, birthing this creative process of, of you know, in my business and and my impact and my passion yeah. for my mission and things like that. And it's less so currently on the whole individuated relationship you know, with yeah. our sexual relationship uh, with my husband. And, 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 and some part of me is, is, I think, still judging that as wrong or bad mm. or not balanced yeah. or something like that. Um, and I can't help myself. I just, well, I, I think it is phasing. I, I think do. you're right that we do have these phases, right? And so it has a natural life cycle, and you'll go more inward facing when the time is right, right? But you're having this burst right now that you have to honor because you're coming into your spiritual power. Uh, and we're, yeah, that is postmenopausal. We are the wise woman of the world, <laughs> right? The crones, um, the wise crones. Yeah, the wise. Yeah, women. we're the crones, and our spiritual power is—it's just coming into its height. So that's—you have to go with that. You know, you really do. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I, I did. I thought you know, we were talking about belly button earlier. So there was a, a gal in in town here who is actually a professional burlesque dancer. And, oh uh, wow! So she did some <laughs> classes for us women, and we loved it. We yeah. loved it. Like all of us, ten women, just like learning to strut our stuff and just you know, with the music, and we were just having a blast. I love it. Unfortunately, it's, you know, she's, I don't know if she's doing any more classes. It was not, uh, unfortunately, fitting into my schedule consistently. However, I could definitely feel like, oh, that was good for me. Yeah, yeah. that was good for me. That freedom in your body. You felt free and safe in your body, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That That's was what so we just fun. don't get to feel very much. And free to express your sexual energy. Yeah. Right. I mean, the safe place. I mean, this was like yep. in a, you know, in a studio that was closed. There was no men, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there. And yeah, that was, that was cool. Gosh. So uh, Lisa, it's been such a wonderful time with you. Thank you so much for helping us and enlightening us uh, on the show on Light Warrior Radio today. And um, yeah, I definitely want everyone thank to you. make sure. Oh, my pleasure. Make sure that they know the name of your book that just came out. So Chakra Empowerment for Women, Self-Guided Techniques for Healing Trauma, Owning Your Power, and Finding Overall Wellness. So you'll see this book on you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Definitely order it now. And then uh, connect with Lisa on the either of the two websites we mentioned before, ChakraEmpowermentForWomen.com and EnlightenedEnergetics.com. And check out... The, the new class that's coming in in January. This is really, really good uh, timing, you know, for all of this. Uh, so you, everyone listening, can be supported in your journey and to have someone there to support you. Because this is not an easy topic to, you know, you can't exactly talk to your neighbor about it. So yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. to, to share with uh, with someone who knows you know how to how to help you heal and thanks everyone yeah. for listening in and everyone for calling in and and sharing their story all right and thank Until you dr time, karen everyone. thank you for being being willing to talk about this yes oh yeah my pleasure and thank you for oh, your own work great. in the world too <laughs> <laughs> thank you my pleasure all right take care lisa take care everyone okay Until bye you time. too bye for now